Aloha, namaste. Welcome back to the Inner Work Podcast. Aloha. My name is Matt. I'm Ash. We're the yoga couple. Today's topic is sex. Yes, and intimacy. <laughs> Let's do this. So we wanted to talk about this because obviously we're the yoga couple and we spend a lot of time talking about the inner work of relationship, but we haven't really touched on intimacy and sexuality within a relationship. Yeah, we did a little bit. I remember we had an episode maybe a year or two ago around uh, experimenting with sexual energy and withholding orgasm. That's right. So that was fun. <laughs> we we kind of brought up the topic there. And, you know, we've talked a lot about pornography and the effects of pornography. And I think we want to just kind of continue this conversation and really dive in to all the 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 depths of detail here when we kind of bring all that together. So whether it's the effects of pornography on a relationship, whether it's experimenting, like say that other episode where we talked about withholding orgasm, uh, exploring fantasies, right? We want to go into all these types of conversations today around ultimate sexuality and intimacy in your relationships. So we've been together for 10 years in a monogamous relationship. And one of the comments that we receive or questions we receive a lot is kind of implying that after a few years of being in a monogamous relationship, your sex life will inevitably dwindle. And it's just, it is what it is. And monogamy is almost impossible to be satisfied within. And people who are monogamous are kind of like in denial because they're committing to something that is actually not satisfying them. And that has been a really interesting perspective to have to, you know, explain ourselves to. Um, and here's what I would say about that is we're going to get into how satisfied we feel. Maybe we'll do like one to 10 scale. But our view is that it's not monogamy that is the issue. It's how people do monogamy. <laughs> it's, sure. it's people's um, approach and... Which is kind of how it goes for everything in life. Yeah. So like if you're lame, <laughs> if you're lame and boring, you're going to be lame and boring no matter what relationship you're in. If your theme of consciousness is stuck in shame and guilt around your sexuality, changing up what type of relationship you're in isn't, or who you're with, or it's who not you're gonna with matter. isn't going to change that. It's yeah. how you show up and from what theme of consciousness you're in that is going to make something satisfying and amazing, not how many people you're with or, um, or who, who or you're what with. kind of person. Yeah, exactly. I think the biggest thing too, like here's the, the mic drop that we'll build off of. So this is the seed, right? Is that the seed we want to plant here to start thinking about and get you to contemplate is your ultimate life of sexual satisfaction and intimacy in your relationship will come from your inner work. So if you want to have the most enjoyable love life, you have to do your inner work. And that's really the whole point because what Ash was saying there was so long as you don't do your inner work, whatever blockages you have will always become your limit. So whether it's in your finances, whether it's in your sexuality, whether it's in your health, whether it's in your talents, your self-esteem, whatever area of life we look at, 
it always comes back to if I don't do my inner work, I am leaving limits and blocks and I'm just saying, I guess this just is what it is. I guess this is just my life. And when it comes back to the topic of monogamy, there is a collective cultural conditioning of, I guess it just is what it is. And my old ball and chain. I was just going to say my I old guess, ball and chain. I guess the fire just fades and blah, 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 blah. It's like there, we all know there's a collective narrative of conditioning that totally downplays monogamy as some sort of limitation 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 but actually the limitation is not doing your inner work it has nothing to do with the monogamy okay so with that being said as the foundation let's dive into it so you're not gonna offend me be honest we've been together for 10 years how would you rate your sex life today 10 years in on a scale of one to ten and then how would you rate your sex life on a scale of one to ten like the first year, like you know, two years met. into our relationship mm-hmm. versus today. I think this is a good thing to talk yeah. about. So like, okay, two years into our relationship, one year into a relationship, rate our sex life, scale of one to 10. And now 10 years in, rate our sex life on a scale of one to 10. Right. Well, I don't think it's any surprise because I feel like every episode, I always have a moment where I go off on how much I love you and how it's always expanded over time. And with every new memory in every passing moment i love you more so as far as sex life goes our sex life and intimacy 10 years in is actually like a 20 <laughs> like yeah. like i am utterly satisfied and completely like there is nothing lacking in my life um i feel so insanely happy and i think when I think back to the beginning, oh gosh, I would, I, it's like, I don't even know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I think good. I thought it was a 10, but right. I didn't even know. I didn't even know what I was missing out on. And I think that's the fun part of doing inner work with a partner over a consistent amount of time and say being in a relationship for 10 years now, like I'm excited for 20. Like, what am I get? <laughs> what do I not know still? Yeah. Right. So I think for me, and then I want to hear from you, I think in the beginning I thought it was awesome, but looking back on it now, I'm like, shoot, I didn't even know. I didn't even know. I wasn't even remotely as confident as I am now, as connected to you, as um, free of any shame and guilt. I wasn't as healed. I think it was like, I always think of it this way. It's like, that was like the juvenile, like the teenage version of me in comparison. And now it's like 10 years and I'm like, no, I'm like the man now. Like, I'm like, I'm like the man version of me. That was the boy. Right. Like, so like, like we could say this, like, I thought it was a 10, but like, that's like from the measurement of like the, my boyhood. <laughs> now I'm like, it's a 10 out of 10 as a, as the man, like as my, as like my man, adult, fully realized self type of thing. I agree right, so with that's, everything so that's you're me. saying. I think too, like in the beginning of our relationship, I think I thought I knew what like a good sex life was mm-hmm. and that I was super satisfied. But the crazy thing is, is that the longer we've been together and the longer we've done our inner work together and the longer we've opened up, you know, exploratively and the more we've, we've healed, healed so and the more um, just deeper we've like allowed for experimentation and for truth and honesty and just vulnerability. I think it's expanded what I thought was good to 
I didn't even know what good was until now it's this good. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing about stuff like this is like, you don't know until you know, like how are you supposed to know something you don't know? Like I didn't even know what healthy, amazing, satisfying sex really felt like. Mm -hmm. I think before I maybe had sex more performatively, like I didn't really get that much out of it. Like I thought it was just something that I needed to do to like satisfy the person I was with. And it it didn't really like do that much for me, but I felt like, Oh, you know, um, I am satisfied sexually because like the person I'm with appears satisfied. Whereas now, like what I base like satisfaction on isn't that like the person I I'm with wants me or that they're happy. It's that I am enjoying and I am happy and I'm fulfilled and I'm seen. And, um, you know, I actually have desires too that I didn't know. And I wasn't, you know, putting a voice to, and I'm like safe enough now to explore that. Mm -hmm. And so it's just evolved. And yeah, that was actually a big thing real quick. I remember (laughs) us having to work through that because I used to always ask you like, yeah, but what do you want? You're like, I don't know. I don't know. Just whatever (laughs) you want. And I'm like, well, come on. There's got to be, you got to have your own desires. And I remember seeing this is the inner work, right? Had I just not pursued like healing that and exploring it with you, we would have just kind of left it, I guess. And so you would have just forever gone on like that desire wouldn't have got cultivated. And I remember it took us, you know, over the years of being like, no, you have, you're going to have your own desires in there. You just maybe haven't ever given yourself the opportunity to explore them, to think about it. And I think that was kind of what happened for you too, is you were like, I guess I never connected with that, which I think so many people in relationships have. There's like, either there's a trauma blocking them or there's conditioning blocking them. And so I think most people are not usually satisfied in their monogamous relationships, especially and especially sexually, because... There's so much that is not being addressed. And so going full circle back to like we said, we're going to keep building on this point of because that inner work is never getting addressed, everything gets blocked. So like if we never talked about that and I never worked through that with you and you didn't work through all my guilt and like shame issues with my sexuality from religion and all this stuff. If we didn't work through those things together, we wouldn't be able to say what we're saying right now. And it's, it's like, that's what it always comes back to is I think a lot of people have hidden unmet needs Yeah. and they don't even know because they've never even taken the time to explore it. Just like you, like, I'd be like, what do you want? And you'd be like, I don't know. And it took like, you know, consistent conversation to kind of get that stuff to start to come out. So what ends up happening is people don't do that work with their partner and we're going to tie this back to pornography is they start to or you know all kinds of different weird things like you know having fake profiles on dating apps like I think people a lot of people aren't aware the kind of shit that we hear from clients and like people on social media like we hear about everything like infidelity like secret stuff happening like hiding like porn addiction uh you know talking to other people like secretly like all this stuff starts to play out because 
that person hasn't taken the time to do the inner work to reconcile those things healthily within themselves and with their partner. And so they keep this part of themselves like a secret. They don't even realize the root cause of why they have this behavior. And it becomes this shadow aspect of them that seeks to express itself in really uh, self-sabotaging ways. Rather than giving a voice to the shadow and exploring that in a healthy way with compassion and curiosity and like love for yourself. And so I feel like what we've been able to do in our relationship is really focus on looking at our things that we deny within ourselves, looking at what, you know, gives us pleasure and why, uh, talking about our fears, diving into, you know, maybe those shadow behaviors and addressing what's the root cause of it. And I don't think people are getting there and doing these things because the the inner work, doing inner work is the foundation to unlocking the intimate, you know, sexual life of your dreams. But people aren't doing inner work and they're going straight to the intimacy and the sex part. But but that's a result, like healthy, amazing, beautiful, like glorious sex and intimacy that is like so beyond your wildest dreams is a side effect of mm-hmm. being a healed person mm-hmm. with your exactly. partner. And when you can get to that place, I feel like what we're finding like, you know, in year 10 is this new level of just ecstasy in our sexuality with each other because of all the shit we worked out the last 10 years. And here's the biggest part is people don't get to this point because they just break up and don't do the inner work and don't see it through and don't heal this shit. Mm -hmm. And then they think if they go be with another person, they're going to have that, but they're not. They're getting a false false sense of it from the beginning. And here's what the thing is. People's beginning versions of sex, like what you do in the very beginning and you're like, oh yeah, like I'm so free, I'm so sexy, like this person wants me, like that version is actually, and you think that's your highest potential and that's why people seek it out over and over again. Now we're finding 10 years in was such a limited, like generic version of what our sexuality has evolved into. Yeah, I think a good way With all the work that we've done up to this point. Yeah, I think what I like to give it other words to see if this resonates with anyone listening is I think in the beginning that energy is, you know, we're all familiar with the concept of it's more of like an infatuation or like a lust. Whereas I think when you have genuine true intimacy over time and through doing inner work, like see if this resonates, babe, like I, I think what is most attractive and arousing now is like our relationship rather than like your body for example or like how you look like let let that like sink in for a second like do you see what i'm saying like what is most arousing and attractive is the fact we've been together for 10 years you see what i'm saying like our relationship is sexy people that becomes not sexy. yeah yeah exactly like the level of depth we explore with another person or not i couldn't do with another person is what i'm trying to say like i like that's exactly it makes being in a new relationship seem so unappealing that would be so lame because i'd be like fuck now i'm back to square one i have no depth there's no vulnerability the layers and the depth is like so rich yes that that is what's so sexy because like the things we've seen, yes, the things we've done, yes, like things the things we know, through. the things we've gone through yes. is like so sexy. Yes. And there's like, 
it, there's something so rich about like that ripened relationship. Yeah. And, and it's so sad to hear that people and, and, and are the saying the opposite. Yeah. The world's t saying the and opposite. And I'm like, that's not fucking true at all. Because if <laughs> I had to go start square one with someone, that'd be so much worse. And that would be like such a huge loss. Yeah. And I know, here's the reasons. I know, and I'm not yeah, saying... Yeah, we know there's okay. traumatic and abusive relationships Yeah, we're not there. saying we you should it. stay with somebody who... But we're trying to show you there is a potential, though. Yeah, we're not trying to say stay with somebody who's toxic or like... We're talking about two people who are willing to go to the lengths together. They're willing to do their inner work. They're willing to heal. We've been through it, y'all. We've been through healing addiction. We've been through financial struggles. We've been through, you know, all kinds of things together you know, coming up now on 10 years that it's about somebody who's willing to see through whatever those struggles that are in your relationship. Yeah, and we've been through so many breaking points. Yeah, breaking points. Exactly. But to see it through with like a spiritual foundation of I'm going to look at myself, I'm going to put the work in and we're going to get through this yeah. in a healthy way. It doesn't mean you don't have problems. Yeah. And something about you two getting to the other side of that together. So sexy. It's like, I just fall in love with you more and more, but I don't want to keep talking about us. I want to talk about why people feel unsatisfied in their relationships and the different things that are causing that so that we can help people out. Because one of the things you said the other day, I thought was really interesting. You said, I, cause we're getting a lot of feedback, you know, from, from our audience. And you said, uh, I'm realizing most women are undersexed and dissatisfied. <laughs> yeah, and it's because that. their men are too busy jacking looking themselves at, off, looking, looking at porn, porn playing, playing video games, games and getting yep. drunk. Yep. And it's so true. And and one of the things somebody said to us is some guy like said... No, this is every time I make okay. videos on the side effects of pornography. Every, there's always like... A, like so, I have so many guys that go off on like yeah, some, talking shit. Somebody said the other day that they feel bad for you. Yeah, they always say that. That you don't oh, look at porn. Oh, this poor guy. Oh, this sis. Oh, they start calling me names and it degrading me. I'm like, dude, fuck off. Hilarious. You don't even know, bro. Because they are... They're, that's, they're the sad so ones, So busy looking at porn that they're probably yeah. not in this empowered, like yeah. intimate sex life. They don't even know what that because, level of confidence is. Yeah, they're just sitting in a dark room scrolling and, and yeah. getting themselves off. And then they, they're saying like, that's what's empowering when really, when you give up those things, when you give up yeah, like you, seeking an outlet through pornography, what you're left with is an opportunity to actualize those you know, fantasies with your partner. And what you're going to find is that takes so much power so and courage and vulnerability confidence. and confidence. And um, it's something that you don't cultivate yeah. by hiding behind a computer and a phone screen. 100%. It's not going to happen that way. 100%. And the second thing I want to say is that we need to get to this because I think maybe some people think it might be weird that we're like talking about, because we're going to talk about kink. We're going to talk about fantasies. We're going to talk about all these things is that we're a spiritual couple, you know, seeking God and enlightenment is one of our, not one, it is our highest priority. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole like belief that in order to like realize the ultimate truth of God, you need to give up sexual desire and it's not, it's actually a blockage and a hindrance. And you need to be like super like celibate in order to 
uh, be a spiritual person. And we do not believe that or think that at all. We actually think the opposite. We think that intimacy within a sacred union is one of the best ways to unlock understanding God, being connected to God. Mm -hmm. Because this is like God's gift to us is enjoying pleasure with our divine embodiment counterpart. Yeah, and I think a a way to add to that is because the ultimate conclusion of divinity is the epitome of feelings of love. So incredible divine intimacy with a partner should cultivate extreme love, right? Therefore, everything in your life that cultivates wholesome, ecstatic joy and love is connecting you with the divine. So just to kind of word that for people that maybe haven't heard it talked about in this way because Ashley over there being like sex should lead you closer to God that might sound really like for people (laughs) like me who grew up with like religious you know belief that might sound super weird so it's like that's the concept is God is love divinity the universe whatever everybody whatever terms you like to use I think the healthiest way to to explore it is just think that when your heart is like overwhelmed with joy and love and appreciation or pleasure because you're so loved, safe, secure, vulnerable, like these beautiful states of being a human, those are divine moments. But most people are not experiencing sex that way because of pornography. Sex is this deviant, dark, like, like gross grotesque like shameful like hidden uh guilty dark thing and so you don't see god in the kind of sex that you're gonna see if you go down a rabbit hole of looking up porn on the internet yeah that that is such a uh like upside down it's a flip of what well and spiritually speaking eroticism could be yeah like spiritually speaking Darkness is always a um, a flip of the truth, right? Yeah, it's, it's like, like a, a, it's a distortion. A distortion, or like it's yeah. like a a replica that's like a diluted. What so is that like, called? Yeah, no, I, I'm, a clone. It's like yeah. it's like the false clone because like eroticism, especially within and specifically within a divine union, a holy is actually union, the most divine. Being erotic within a divine union is glorious, right? Not but then, like corrupted religions have taught it the opposite in a lot of ways and made it dark and bad and weird and wrong and like kind of gave off this vibe that everybody if you truly want to be divine you need to be either celibate or prude and vanilla and it's like well wait a minute what if that is actually and that's fine if that's out of choice by the way right if you just want to have a beautiful like super simple sex life but you guys connect that's wonderful yeah just to throw that but out we're there trying to but say, we're trying to say there is definitely a spiritual misperception happening here where the half truth is that sexuality is this dark thing when it's like well wait a minute no the darkness is what's making it dark not the sexuality so and it's th- being distorted and, and it's actually making it so that you think sex shouldn't be in the healthy relationship and then it's like what the now look spiritually speaking that is the goal of darkness it's always to destroy love so when we look at relationships that are falling apart because their sexuality and their intimacy is not there 
we say, oh, well, the devil got them because it convinced them that they can't have it in a healthy relationship. Right. And then see pornography from a spiritual perspective programs people to have inappropriate sexuality. Because, but see, don't you get it though? Not because the sexuality was inappropriate. It's the programming and the pornography that's inappropriate. Like, look at this. I wanted to share this uh, before I lose it. I remember back when we, because we do a lot of, you know, we have a course on helping people stop quitting pornography. We, we've done a lot of research on this topic and, you know, I'm making videos about it often on social media. And one of the interesting statistics that I came across when I looked into it is if you look up what the most common searches are on these massive websites that have the, the, the amount of viewers uh, and clicks and all that whatnot on these sites, if you go look them up, um, it's like seven pretty, times the world population. Yeah, it's like, we're it's billions, like, like, <laughs> like I think it's like hundreds of billions. Like it's yeah, pretty alarming. Month, yeah. Okay, so it's pretty alarming. And then when you look at the data, because they, they, I think they shared it, you know, for research purposes with psychologists and stuff, they're all like deviant. Yeah. Like stepmom, stepsister, stepbrother, step this. Cheating. Step, yeah, cheating, yeah. infidelity. Like they're all deviant behaviors. And so what that does is it starts to... Couple eroticism with being with deviant. With exactly. And so... This, then you, this then shows in your us, relationship, you can't have you eroticism can't, because it's and, supposed it's to be too deviant. And, yes. and how could I be erotic with exactly. the person I'm married to? Because it's I would healthy. never do those things with you. I need to go be deviant and go look yes. it up on porn because, like, because exactly. sex is deviant and eroticism yes. is deviant. Rather yes. than exploring eroticism in a healthy, sensual yes. way from like higher themes of like love and like yes. you know beauty and pleasure yes. and euphoria, it's deviant and dark and that is because it's connected to the themes of consciousness that are going unhealed yes. which we keep referring to the inner work yes. if you look in the inner work book we've got a scale of consciousness and so you're you can identify where you are stuck in your theme of consciousness by looking in the inner work book and these deviant ways of experiencing eroticism are coming from unhealed wounds of shame and guilt yeah so check this out yeah exactly it's not coming from like higher states it's not of coming love from the sexuality and... it's coming from the theme of consciousness yeah. so i want to say this real quick is so with me for example right for those of you who don't know my story already so like i totally was this right addicted to pornography for like 15 years started when i was a teenager because religion told you it was bad super typical pattern that probably most people have experienced especially most guys so i'm right there with you i get it i fell into the same things now here's what i observed is i had programming and a lot of healing to do around sexuality being shameful and bad can we and, say and, a caveat yeah is that if this is you or your partner and you know like you've been in that rabbit hole of being into dark stuff and you're like i don't know why i do this but i do not this. even dark just or the fact partner, that you're just addicted to porn in the first place yeah is looking at all this stuff and it's like yeah but like you're you're going down that rabbit hole like there is no shame and there's no judgment for you or your partner this happens to almost everybody yeah we all get exposed to it and anybody is susceptible to addiction and um getting latched onto that stuff like nobody is immune mm -hmm. it's okay we're just trying to bring awareness and so matt sharing his story hopefully can help you feel like there's nothing wrong with you we're saying there's nothing wrong with you but beware of yeah, this. it's just my biggest thing is just be mindful that it does have side effects. So you're not wrong, but it will have side effects, right? That's kind of our whole message constantly with everything we teach is, hey, you guys can do whatever you want, right? We're just trying to 
help out and share with you what we found works. And what I am always doing, because I always approach all inner work, this is kind of how why we wrote it, is I approach everything like a scientist. I come from a medical background uh, and, and psychology background. So I love just saying, well, hey, let's just experiment and let's just find out. Let's test our hypothesis. So when I observe objectively the side effects of pornography, I found endless issues, for example. And so this isn't that I need to create more shame and guilt for myself. It's just to take accountability and say, all right, well, that's interesting. Uh, I'm noticing a bunch of negative side effects here. And I'm noticing that it's perpetuating, coming back to this topic of intimacy, it's perpetuating me drifting from my own healthy wife, like my healthy relationship. So let's go back to this topic. Because the programming for most of us, especially if you grew up religious and Western world, Christian type of thing, but honestly, most of the Western religions have a pretty negative view towards sexuality. So most, most people got programmed with a lot of shame and guilt around sexuality. It was usually very hidden. Most people have that experience, especially in the West. Some, some of you are lucky and didn't have that, but most of us got the shame and guilt. So what happens is once that program is in there, and this is what we always talk about in the inner work, that root program is in there of like sex is bad, sex is wrong, don't do it. Um, maybe you get the programming of like, oh, and then magically it's okay when you're married, which I was telling Ash the other day, I was like, I don't know a single person who made that transition healthily. Like they went from their whole life being like, no, it's bad, it's wrong, it's bad, it's wrong, we can't do it, we can't do it. It's all of a sudden they're married, they're like, oh, it's just like so effortless now, no problem, this is great. No, like I think most people have a hidden um, difficulty, which is why even though they're married, and maybe they're, they're still having going, sex, yeah, they're fine, they're but still there's still sex. this but repressed there's a huge shadow. Repressed, and that's why they're not having the type of sex that they really want. And they're not having the type of sex they want. And they're looking at porn yeah. on the side yeah. because the misconception becomes that I only get to have the real erotic sex when, By it's, going elsewhere. when it's in the shame and guilt version. Because see, again, the mind has associated sexuality and intimacy with shame and guilt rather than with health because the program in our subconscious says eroticism is shameful so then what does your mind say your mind says oh so when i look at a shameful thing or do a shameful thing that is erotic, erotic. do you see so the mind is programming all of society and this is why actually we have so much sexual deviance in the world this is actually why all of it happens. If we, if we healed the relationship and we said, no, 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 your sexuality, see, if everybody had the programming of your sexuality is healthy and it's beautiful and it's divine, all sexual deviance would go away. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't have rape. We wouldn't have ped pedophilia. We wouldn't have all this um, uh, abuse and molestations and all this shit going on. None of that would exist, you guys. Really let that sink in. That exists because of telling people it's shameful and Eroticism don't do it and it's wrong and it's bad and you should feel guilty you and you're going to burn in hell like it, and all yeah. this stuff. It, it's such an irony and this is something like we talk a lot about in our teacher training, our yoga teacher training, where we go into just such in-depth 
uh, inner work topics. Yeah, can we and, do a, a shameless pitch right here? <laughs> shame, yeah. Our, our resources we want to give you guys if you're loving this conversation is one, get the inner work book. Like if you, if you follow us, if you like what we talk about, like you kind of need to have the book to follow along with our content. Like it's imperative. So get the inner workbook because it's all about understanding these levels of consciousness we keep referring to, understanding your unhealed trauma, your wounds, and self-identifying no matter if we're talking about sex, like you said, money, yeah, relationships. There's, there's programs, you guys, of the mind. Like these are universal programs that all of us have. And you can apply these simple 15 yep. themes and self-identify and know exactly how to heal and what to work through specifically. Like maybe you have guilt around sex. Great. We have a whole section on guilt. Maybe you have, you know, shame around uh, around money. Like we have these themes laid out. So get the inner workbook. And then the second thing is, is if you want to be able to talk about this more in depth, we actually have an eight month program. It's technically a yoga teacher training, but it's also an inner work facilitator training. And half the people in it are honestly just taking it for their own healing, not even mm -hmm, to become mm -hmm, teachers mm -hmm, or as facilitator. an immersion. Yeah. Because it's, it's live workshops every single week with us. It's eight yeah. months long and we dive into all of this. Yeah, in like the depth. next one, for example, coming up is Chakra Psychology. It's our next workshop. And that one we're going to go into yeah. like so much yeah. inner work. So healing. if you want to just like in the new year, immerse yourself in like deep dive into healing, inner work, chakra psychology, you know, mindfulness, yoga, breath work, uh, mm -hmm. trauma healing, uh, somatic movement, all these counseling, things. How counseling, how to become a counselor. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely check out our school, sacredyogainstitute.com because uh, it would probably be right up your alley. Yeah. Okay. Continue. Okay. So, so what I always say in the teacher training, when we talk about um, healing and, and especially like, you know, the context usually when we're talking about this is I'm sharing with them first their own healing and the side effects that we're all dealing with, but more importantly too, how as teachers we can show up to help others heal. So here's what it is. The irony is most parents in religion, they had good intentions usually, <laughs> most of the time. And the good intention was, hey, I'm trying to help you not suffer, right? That's the, the base. If we boil it down, you know, that pasture going off, telling you, da, 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 it's sinful, it's wrong, all this. At the core, they're just trying to help you. But the message, because they, have, they don't know psychology, they don't know inner work, it's all fucked up and it creates problems. So here's what it's usually said, right? The shame and guilt is projected onto the topic. Like in this case, we're talking about sex, but it could be anything. It could have been money, it could have been worldliness, it could have been whatever it could have been anything right and that's what we're really trying to help you help you understand is inner work is like it's universal and it applies to any topic so on this today's topic though with sexuality is okay you got this parent or pastor or whatever church and institution saying okay this is wrong don't do it this is bad but that creates the badness they're fucking describing that's the freaking paradox of human psychology and after 15 years now it's of, being, of being deeply like of studying this and observing it and like being obsessed with this stuff, I have seen time and time again, client after client after client who is suffering and struggling because the very thing they were told was trying to protect them is the freaking source of what is hurting them. Let that sink in. The parent or the religion trying to tell you this is dangerous. This is going to hurt you. That message is what's hurting them. How crazy is that? So, so we say, well, holy shit, right? And maybe you're a parent or maybe you are 
a religious person and you do, of course, still resonate with a lot of the teachings. So we say, well, what is the truth? How could they say it differently? And how could we maybe, if you're a teacher or a healer, how could you not repeat that on accident? Or a parent, right? If you're a parent, how could you not accidentally do that? Here's, here's the difference. Instead, we say, hey, you're loved unconditionally. You're never going to fall from that, ever. However, you can make choices and they'll have consequences that will either be pleasant or they'll be uncomfortable and cause suffering. So you can have sex before you're married. Let's use this topic. However, it could lead to a lot of broken hearts. It could lead to a lot of stress in your life. It could lead to exploring powerful feelings that you might not be mature enough to handle, like teenagers committing suicide over it, right? It could lead to addictions because you're not really mature enough to grasp the powerful chemicals you're about to release in your brain. But there's no shame or guilt. It's just, hey, there could be some side effects that could cause some pain and just be aware of that and do what you will with it. Or same thing and with like... And here's a healthy way to explain yeah, it. Yeah, and here's a healthy... Okay, and then... Right? It's okay that you it's have okay. these feelings. It's okay, it's okay that you have these desires. It's okay that those, you know, mm-hmm. things are, you know, coming up for you. It's totally yep. normal. It's totally healthy. Yep. It's okay for you to explore that with yourself. Yep. One last thing though on this I just want to say too is, so usually why a religion or a parent can't be this accepting and open because they're not because they're not within themselves yeah and this is the whole message of inner work is hurt people hurting people so you've got a repressed hurt person passing on repression and hurt to another person and then it repeats a cycle okay so instead we want to open that and say hey you can do whatever you want you're loved but welcome to life part of the core principle of being in a human body is there are consequences. That's the whole concept of, of what we're doing here. You're creating wisdom. You're creating the ability to exercise this incredible free will. And then through that, you're going to mature and become this incredible being. So just choose wisely is the point. That is so, notice how there's no shame there. There's no guilt. There's no weird repression having to happen. Because look, we, we, we said you're totally open to do whatever you want. And when you, when you instruct and give people that level of freedom, ironically, no weird behavior comes from that. Because even if they do go down a deviant route for a second, because there's no shame and guilt programming, they'll feel it themselves and they'll say, well, that was weird. And then they'll auto-correct. But see, when parents and religions do this, they're implying we're all fucking stupid. That's what's so offensive about it. Because they're, they're implying that we need them to tell us what's right or wrong. Instead, we need, to, we need to say, you will know. You will know. Your heart will tell you. If you teach a child that, you're empowering your child to be self-reliant, to be their own source of truth. And so they will be empowered. And same with a religion. If you told all your your followers or whatever your what i don't know what pastors call their people your community if you told them all that they will know and they will know the truth that is so much healthier and more empowering because now the base program is my heart will guide me and so what's really cool about this is your heart will always tell you if something is 
unloving or not. But here's the problem is that because of that conditioning now, our discernment or most people's discernment is yeah. so this is, yeah. diluted. This is what it, this is what it could so be from the beginning. And so people will like, okay, so this, let's get into this. Yeah. So, so now for, let's talk about what, what, now that that's already happened to us. Yeah. So most what people do we have to didn't unpack get first? taught how to discern properly. They go down this dark rabbit hole of exploring like sexual desire, but it leads to like this deviant, like dark way because now sex is bad. And so all sex that I look at, all eroticism is like dark. There's no like healthy way of viewing it anymore because sex was bad. And so now eroticism is always deviant and bad. Okay. So now you're in a healthy relationship and one of two things happens is one, you get exposed or invited to have more erotic sex with your partner and you feel all that shame and guilt about it. Mm -hmm. All that stuff comes up because you're not supposed to do that with your partner. You're not supposed to like it. You're not supposed to openly be like... Oh, that's a good way to put it. You're not you're supposed, not supposed to, to like it. You're not openly supposed to be like, oh yeah, like totally. Because it's supposed to be a dark, deviant, secret right, thing. Right, right. You can't be in a healthy, committed yeah. relationship. Yeah. This so needs to be... Your discernment I need to be cheating is so convoluted <laughs> now because it's like... And then the second thing is... What was the second thing? So one is like, I'm not supposed to like it. Uh... The second one is that, man, I forgot my my point, but I think it was just that because your discernment has been convoluted, you've kind of denied yourself now of having healthy eroticism because what's right and what's wrong is like all twisted and backwards. Like now you are in a healthy, committed marriage and relationship where you can healthily explore eroticism. But now all you do is feel weird feelings of guilt and shame and you're not actually mm -hmm. able to freely enjoy that because yep. you feel shame. Yep. And so I think one of the things that we've had to work through together over the years and get to this point of like, I feel total freedom like in our oh, 100% like I, I feel complete freedom and like healthy like beautiful like sensual like exotic eroticism and things that maybe could be deemed like on the kink side of things like dirty and bad if they were if they were uh, expressed with shame and guilt but because they're expressed with love and like genuine like like love for each other of of pleasure, of love, of, I don't know, like safety. Yeah. Oh, security. cherishing each other. Yeah, security. Security, cherishing, like adoring each other. Mm -hmm. That there's nothing dirty no. and wrong about like exploring eroticism with you. Well, here's here's one of the biggest things that helped me heal. Because again, I had all the shame and guilt of religion, like that stuff. So for me, I think one of the biggest things, and the reason why I keep saying that is because Ash didn't she didn't really get that same upbringing. So that's why I keep saying I had that because Ash was, had a lot more open um, childhood. <laughs> Surprisingly enough, people, <laughs> Matt always says that people are like, I look all innocent and like monk-like. And then he's like, yeah. you're like the most Ash, explorative, Ash like sexual Ash is actually way person. more explorative. And I'm like over here and <laughs> like all yeah. shame and guilt being like, oh, we shouldn't be doing that. That's it's like I right. have like no shame. So like <laughs> yeah, she's like very healthy. So here's, Here's what I was going to say to help you, though, is what really helped me let that go is I started to think it's not the behaviors or whatever it is that you're into that's the issue. It's how you do it. So, like, let's say you're doing some kinky thing. Let's say you're, like, tying your partner up or something. Oh, why did let's that just, maybe Let's just throw that, that out there. 
it could be anything though right okay. i'm just thinking of like a random thing so let's say you're tying your partner up from shame that might be super like dark it might feel dark and it might be weird yeah from but different from themes like a different theme force, it could be like yeah from like anger, anger and that violence. could be like yeah it could be like really rough and violent it could be yeah. fucking traumatizing yeah. from pride it could be like really awkward and could be like really degrading yeah um from accountability and above from though, guilt it could be like yeah, you're like guilt, a worthless it could be like degrading shame, like yeah exactly right? degrading. so the energy of it could be really messed up yeah and so what most of the time we don't realize is we have associated behaviors and things with themes of consciousness and it's the other way around the theme of consciousness just is the theme of consciousness and you can do anything from that from theme. that theme and you can do the same behavior and it could feel godly and divine yeah so like coming back to this example you could tie up your partner with love <laughs> and it could be super playful sexy and, sexy and, and playful and you can and... still have the exact same experience yeah. right i really want you guys to start to From process freedom. this you can have the exact same sexual experience but it could feel and energetically be experienced utterly different so if you could and you could like see you could have like a parallel sides of yourself like a parallel universes and you had two versions of yourself carrying out the exact same sexual act one's doing it in like shame a and guilt and, and and then one's doing it in like accountability and above like in a loving way you would you would finally realize that oh my gosh it's never been the behavior it's never been the things and it's not that i'm missing out it's not that i need to go be with a new person it's not that i need oh i'm not doing enough no 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 none of that has never mattered that's never been the problem the problem is how you do it Okay, so that might be even hard for a lot of people to even get to because in order to be in that freedom state, confident and love and joy and like experience work, these like kinky things from that space, it requires you to do inner work and heal these unhealed traumas, these unhealed wounds in your consciousness throughout your life not just related yeah. to even sex. Yeah. It requires you life. to heal. And from a healed space, you unlock the freedom of, you know. Yeah. I just wanted to say this too. Loving e eroticism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just building off actually, that's perfect. You just said that in the, there. It's not even, it doesn't even have to be kinky either. It could be you just literally letting yourself love having sex with your partner. Even yeah. if it is like missionary and like. Yeah. super I just, just like romantic and kinky cute. stuff because that obviously is what people are like yeah that's exactly that's we're bringing we're bringing that up to it's try dark. to yeah we're trying to go for what the ego typically has all these associations with yeah but the point is it doesn't really matter it's because you know ash and i we, we were talking about it the other day we were making a joke too we could be like yeah but you could do missionary really weird too yeah, some people <laughs> like just from have a weird energy sex really weirdly, and it could be in so. shame and you, you could so it's not the thing right you could have like super it's the energy like, vanilla like missionary sex too and that could be awkward and that could be shameful and that could be dark right yeah. so it's not the thing you guys it's not the act it's the consciousness, it's the consciousness. behind it and yeah. so when you work on your consciousness, when you do the inner work and you self-heal and you liberate yourself from the bounds of your trauma and your ego concepts and your conditioning and your programming, it unlocks a new way of experiencing all of life. 
all of a sudden your relationship is different. The way, the way, you know, and we don't, maybe we should do this real quick because we don't, all we do is talk about problems. Like our entire social media is like us talking about problems, but that's because we're, we're trying to help people with their problems. But as a testimony, so you guys know, like I am, and it will probably change and keep evolving, but Matt and I really truly feel like we're at a place in our life where we feel consistent peace, consistent yeah, our, freedom, consistent love. Our comment to each other is like, we literally could die any day and be like, I have zero regrets. I like everything from here on is extra credit. It even because we're so, so weird. we're like so satisfied and like we feel like we're floating at, in another yeah, dimension we, we all the time. We feel like we're like, what are we even doing here? Okay, like, here's how it got so weird. It's so good that at, for one point, like a few months, for a few months ago, extra credit. We yeah, we call we say extra credit. <laughs> we call extra credit because we're like, I'm already good. Like Ash had a dream like a week ago or a few days ago that she that we died. Yeah, and we woke up being like, whoa, dude, that's like. It just shows how like we're so, and she was extremely at peace in the dream. Yeah. She was like, we did it. Like, I love you. She like looked at me in the dream and was like, I love you. And we felt died. like this astounding we peace. Died in my dream. And we happily died together. We drove into the lava. We drove from lava. And if you know, you know our story, if you know our lava, story we live I had here a dream that about the, the volcano, volcano erupted and me and Matt drove straight into the lava and accident. transcended yeah. death and happily died. It was like yeah. beautiful. So but I wanted my to point, say. But real quick though, just to tie that up is like, <laughs> and so it is just this fascinating thing to feel that level of contentment. But the thing is, guys, after 10 years of fucking doing all this incredible work, now it's like this ecstatic state that all the true teachers promised. And that's what we're trying to pass on to say, oh, it's real. It's real. I wanted to say it even got so weird that the new level of our, our problem in life of like what we're always facing is that we feel like we're in a um, like a garden in Eden purgatory because life is always so good that like the ego wants to create problems. And I feel like I've had to face this like level of accepting how good things are because my mm -hmm. ego wants to create issues. And I see that happening. It's not doing that anymore. But we did go through a chapter where like I almost felt like I had a psychotic break because like my ego was like. Our nervous system was like. Was like, where's the stress? Yeah. Where's like, the adrenaline? Like. Where's the problems? Yeah. We're like, there aren't any. And it's like, fuck. Yeah, it was <laughs> like, like, it like couldn't handle the level of like bliss and euphoria yeah. that was the actual reality. It's like my ego was like, couldn't accept it. Um, but we're past that part now. But the point of what I'm saying is that when you do your inner work, it unlocks a way of experiencing all aspects of your life differently. So all of a sudden, like, you know, after years of doing inner work, it's like, oh my gosh, like new heights and levels of uh, like health in your relationship, new levels of security and financial abundance in your life, new levels of peace and joy and contentment, new levels of health in your body and like healing, new levels of eroticism and freedom sexually and intimacy, like everything just becomes so fucking good. You're just going to explode. 
like, <laughs> like your whole life is a one Co- big giant, giant orgasm. Cosmic <laughs> orgasm. So, Everything is so orgasmic. So I wanted to say this real quick. From doing trauma work. <laughs> yeah, that's the irony. Yeah. That is the irony. It's on, um, you know, my teacher used to always say it as you walk through the fear to the other to the bliss on the other side so most of us don't want to ever do any of this because we're scared right we don't want to because it's unknown to the ego peace peace and happiness are unknown to the ego so they're terrifying to the ego technically and that's what ash and i were just saying we went through our own experience of noticing our egos and our and our nervous system being freaking out because there weren't issues and there weren't problems. And our nervous system was like, where's my adrenaline? Where's the stress? Like, this is a real thing. So the ego is, is, uh, has a really hard time letting everything be at peace. So coming full circle though, here's what I do want to say. I want to make sure and leave this. So, so yeah, that's beautiful. You're, you know, to, to wrap that up with you as you were saying, just as a testimony, because we do spend so much time constantly talking about uh, trauma work and, and problems and stuff because that's what helped us get to this yeah we level. just want to share because otherwise what are we going to share just what we're doing just show off <laughs> just another yeah just showing off be like oh we're at peace Our i don't know what the fuck y'all are doing yeah like that's that's not helpful we want to be of service and share what it we've, wasn't always what we've this learned. way yeah all right we've been through fucking hell and back we've been through chaos oh my God, we've been through so shit much. we've been on breaking points we've almost gotten divorced so multiple much. times i mean it's been crazy so so here's what i wanted to say to give him uh one of the simplest most practical inner work tools that will help you with any of any of this any topics whether it's sexuality or else uh, elsewhere like money or your self-esteem your talents ex- exploring any other element of your life that you really want to work on here's what i would always just recommend is going back to what we said earlier of giving yourself that freedom and just start to observe how you think feel and act and start to step back from that Maybe make it a journaling experience in the beginning of your day or at the end of the day where you just start to become self-reflective and you say, hmm, so let's just keep it on one topic. We'll use sexuality, for example. So let's say you had a sexual feeling or you had a sexual experience with your partner or this or that. Start to just become aware of, all right, if we just observe that objectively and you just ask yourself, What's coming up here? What are the side effects? How am I feeling about this? What, what am I noticing within myself? So let's say, for example, you have sex with your partner or you have a sexual thought, right? If you're single or something or you masturbate or something like this. And then uh, thoughts and feelings come up about it, before it, during it, whatever, what have you. Reflect on that and notice what that is. So for example, let's say you're doing something like this. You think something, you do something, and you're noticing, I have a lot of anxiety about it, or I have a lot of shame, or I'm noticing I feel really bad, and I feel dirty, or I feel wrong. Start to become aware of that shit. That's the inner work. And then go and get then, the inner work and book and go it. find it. Yeah, find, find that shame feeling. And then read shame. Find and that then thought then or feeling and be it. like, interesting. And then here's the best part, you guys. And then ask yourself, do I want this to stay that way? And am I okay with it? Because it could be different. And then likewise, also observe this. If you feel totally at peace and you feel like 
something beautiful is happening and you're like, I'm actually so, this feels so good, then that's beautiful too. Share that with your partner or just keep that to yourself if you're by yourself. Like just become aware of how you are thinking and feeling inside and what comes up for you as you observe that. Because I think most of us never take the time to self-reflect and notice that. Like years in the beginning of our relationship, we would have sex or I would have sexual urges or thoughts or fantasies I wanted to do or try. And I never really gave them acknowledgement. I just kind of repressed them and then would go look at porn instead. Yeah, that's the point. Circling back is that what couples can really work on together Mm -hmm. is... uh, a lot of people in our comments specifically lately have been saying like uh, a lot of women have been like, you know, my partner, male partner usually is super addicted to pornography and yeah, he, really and common. we don't really have even that good of a sex life. One girl even wrote, uh, he wasn't even able to get erections anymore. Ooh, yeah, he said something really was wrong with me. We went yep. to a doctor. Yep. It turns out he's been hiding a porn addiction. Yep. People are really having like a lot Struggling. of dysfunction from this. And so one of the things that we can recommend, uh, to, we have a program called Revealed and Healed that helps couples heal porn addiction and talk about it uh, together as a couple is that a lot of people approach it from the same energy, the... Uh, the addiction was created from right. shame and guilt. Shaming and guilting that person for having a porn addiction is not going to heal it because the reason they have a porn addiction is because they feel shame and guilt about mm-hmm. their sexual desires. Mm-hmm. And so you can't apply the same uh, theme to, to, to and expect there to be healing. Yeah. And so you, we really need to open up the dialogue around like, it's okay it's okay that you have like these erotic desires and you want to see these things and you want to do these things. Like it's okay that that is inside of you, but the way that you're going about it is causing harm and dysfunction in yourself and the relationship. And I want to be supportive and helping you heal that. And I want to be the person you come to not porn. And Mm -hmm. I have things too that I want to explore with you. Mm -hmm. But if the coping mechanism is to keep going outside of the relationship, uh, you're going to keep diminishing your opportunity to, to, to deepen your connection with your partner and to keep fracturing your relationship over and over again with yourself and with your partner. Yeah. So notice that the first massive step or no, I don't want to word it that way. The first massive accomplishment is just to, because the step itself is actually very simple. It's just to give yourself freedom to be a, to observe yourself without without any judgment. That's the first step of accountability. It's to just be able to have the courage to just look at yourself objectively, because in order to be accountable, you you can't be having a bunch of hidden negative uh, critiques of yourself. You have to be able to just say, all right. Let me just look at myself as is without judgment and just objectively observe the side effects of what I am doing, thinking, and feeling without judgment, but with the eyes of consequence. It's totally different. That's the, that's the, that's the absolute prerequisite to being accountable is you have to be able to just look at what is and then observe the consequences without judgment so like for example what ash is saying is like you know notice how she said yeah you can keep doing that but if you are objective 
you will notice that you are fracturing your relationship with yourself and with your partner. It's not just that there's consequences to the relationship. The person needs to understand that they're not healing the shame and guilt around sexuality. And that mm, needs to become a motivation yeah. because once they realize, wow, like I do have like a lot of shame and guilt around this and I am, I'm not liberating myself sexually. You have to have the motivation that I want to liberate myself sexually and realize that mm going down dark rabbit holes with pornography and not experiencing things with your partner and doing it, you know, alone, looking at porn, uh, in secretive is not liberating yourself sexually. And I think this is one of the biggest things that the misconception is that that is sexual liberation and it's actually sexual repression. Imprisonment. And so sexual empowerment an and sexual yeah. liberation is what the person is seeking. Yep. And so how that is done isn't by going to pornography. It's by exploring it within a healthy um, partnership mm -hmm. from a place of love and vulnerability. And so what you need yeah, to do liberation. instead is you need to start giving a voice to these things and you start talking about it. You need to say, I have shame about this. Some of the things that, that you guys might reveal to each other you might not want to keep in your life. You might be like, yeah, I don't know. I did get into this dark thing and I don't want to be. And that's okay. You can heal that. Or you might say, I actually really do like these things and I don't want to feel shame about them. I want to feel good about them and start to explore that with your partner. There's no right or wrong. There's going to be things that maybe fall away and you're going to realize like, yeah, that was totally coming from an unhealed place, but I'm not going to like be mad at myself for doing or looking at that or wanting that. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to let it go and say it's not serving me and be honest about it. And then the other things is I do actually want those things. And I'm okay with and the I'm consequences. Okay with, and, I, and they're healthy and I want to think they're healthy and I don't want to have shame about them and I want to explore them and I want to try them and I want to work through that uncomfortableness. Because what, what you will find too is a lot of people who have porn addictions or are into pornography are not able to actually do the things that they're looking at. They are actually very insecure yeah, not. Yeah. and not confident and scared and ashamed. And so it's one thing to watch and it's another thing to be. And so and that's what we want to invite there's you more to empowerment have. that comes from being and that's mm -hmm. going to take a, a safe partner that is like loving and encouraging and like uh, allows you to work through that stuff, you know? And I think that there that sexual uh liberation is a requirement i think for our enlightenment because if you're repressing your sexuality you did not transcend it anything controls you yeah. you just repressed something mm -hmm. you want to get to a point where you're so okay with yourself you're so free that there is non-attachment and there is also not clinging mm -hmm. it just it's just that middle space. I'm not like, I don't need this. I'm not like, I'm not needy, 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 like foaming at the mouth for this. And like, I'm addi addicted, mm -hmm. but I'm sex. also, yeah. yeah, I'm also not repressed and like mm -hmm. in denial and pushing these things down and lying to myself. It's like finding that place where you're, you truly are transcendent. You're at peace. You're at it. peace. You're yeah. liberated. Yeah. And then from that place, guess what? you get to have all the pleasure and all the joy and all the experiences without all the negative consequences. And that is our greatest goal for you. And that's to have a life where you have all the benefits and all the beauty that being human has to offer, but without any of the negative karma, 
any of the negative consequences. And that is, I think, you know, our belief 100% is that that is the ultimate potential and aim of this life is to enjoy our humanness. So in yoga, it's called a jiva mukti, which is like an enlightened self-realized human who is here, but fully participating in the human condition as an enlightened being. Because in yoga traditions, for example, there is a misconception that the goal is to leave this earth and body. And it's like, well, from a tantra yoga perspective, it's like, well, where are you trying to go? Because it's all divine. So coming back to this topic of this Jiva Mukti, it's like our highest aim for you is to enjoy all the goodness of this life. Sexuality be wanting, being coming full circle to what we said in the very beginning of this episode of sexuality is one of the greatest, most intoxicating, erotic, beautiful pleasures that being human has to offer, right? It's the most amazing experience we get to have as humans. So why not learn how to enjoy it with all the most epic benefits of it and none of the negative consequences? And we would wish that for you in all areas of life, whether it's finances, your health, your self-esteem, your talents, your gifts. Being human is, is all about enjoying this experience and then minimizing and ultimately transcending any of the negative consequences of it. And that's the beauty. That's, that's the aim. I think for us, that's what we see as what we're up to is in like letting, learning to create a life that is utterly divine and you're free from suffering. Whew, let's go. Let's go. And, and sexuality tends to be one of the biggest areas that creates a lot of suffering in this world. I think as yogis, we're like, all right, we're looking at the chakra system and all the different compartments, like you just said, finances, sex, like love, relationships, self-worth, mm-hmm. creativity. And then we're saying, did we master and liberate did ourselves? We master all these areas. Like, are we mastering all realms? And are we truly free in we're every free. realm? Yeah. And is there anything left, any stone left unturned there where mm-hmm. we have... A hidden attachment yeah. or repression. Yeah. Is there still shame? Is there still fear? Is there still guilt? Is there still, uh, you know, denial? Is there attachment? Is there greed and pride? We're looking at each area and then we're just like healing and mm-hmm. uh, creating a healthy relationship with that area and then inevitably transcending it through that befriending instead of repressing. Mm-hmm. So, and that's why that awareness is is the best way to approach it. So, heal your heal your uh your sexuality with your partner. <laughs> Start talking about all the things. Be honest, be vulnerable. Um we we have told each other everything. I mean, I don't know if you've ever held back any thing that you would have like been dark or ashamed of not at this point i don't think so and i haven't <laughs> maybe th- maybe there were times but yeah not now like not, or not anymore yeah start yeah. to talk start to explore be i mean we've uh, yeah talked take about- baby steps guys don't like yeah. drop your deepest <laughs> darkest fantasies on your partner like day one you might create the rejection your subconscious wants to validate but so it's like the- just open the door and start 
a little bit and then just don't ever close the door is the point and you know for us this took years right yeah, so it's all it's you, been an ongoing you dialogue. just yeah you take steps that are most attainable um and you start with that and then you build your confidence and that's why we think it's ironic you know going full circle back to haters that always are dogging on me i'm like dude you don't even know the level of confidence that i live with in comparison to when i hit all this shit yeah like i'm not even fucking recognizable to who I used to be when I was looking at porn. So that is my highest like invitation for you is like, this will make you a fucking badass. People think like, like you're empowered by looking at porn. Yeah, no and it's, it's, it's so bad. It's so, so it's like, funny. So that's what's so cool here, you guys, is like just start taking the steps and you will become so attracted to it because the self-esteem and confidence you will gain as you chip away is so like it's like buddha would say is like once you've tasted of enlightenment like you'll never be satisfied with anything less once you taste of healing and empowerment and being in your truth and being truly loved like you'll never be satisfied with anything less and so that's what that's why we're trying to plant these seeds because once you start you're not going to want to stop healing because the benefits start to become once so Once you start having delicious. enlightened sex, you just can't stop. Yeah, it's like once you had a cosmic <laughs> vulnerable connection with your partner, you're like, well, fuck, I can't go back to anything, anything less bad. now. And so that's, that's the beauty with this topic of sex and intimacy is there is a possibility, and now you've heard of it, right? Buddha also said this, it's rare to hear of enlightenment and even rarer still to pursue it. So the fact that you're hearing it means it's your destiny. It's your destiny. <laughs> and we're proposing it to you of it is a possibility that you could experience incredible, divine, beautiful relationship around your intimacy and sexuality. And eroticism not being dirty, but being divine. liberating. Yeah, yeah, liberating. And divine. Mm -hmm. Divine, erotic intimacy. Yeah, so start taking those steps. And you will start to enjoy the incredible benefits. Well, we got to go because um, we, we, we have some things to handle together. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about all this. We, we need to get going. All right. That's it for today. Thank you so much Hope for it helps. tuning in. Hope it helps. And if you liked this episode, we would love if you would leave a review, of course, on the podcast and subscribe uh, for more episodes. We don't have a schedule. We kind of just make these whenever we're inspired. And of course, we recommend that you get the inner workbook. You can go to Amazon. It's now available on Audible. Mm. And so even if you have, oh yeah, that's the second thing I, I guess we should probably like say is that there's a second edition of the inner workbook. Mm -hmm. So even if you have the first edition, you might want to go get the second edition. You can get it on Kindle or Audible because we've, really elaborated on the themes of consciousness gone way more in depth we've given you these quick reference cheat sheets where you can quickly assess which theme of consciousness you're in mm -hmm. and we even added in a self-analysis spectrum mm -hmm. where you can do kind of like a self-inquiry and create your own spectrum of consciousness there's a little activity in it there's just so much more in the second edition so highly recommend getting the audible or kindle because you'll get access to the second edition of the inner workbook, even if you already have it. Mm -hmm. And that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. And um, namaste. I know I wanted to say something kinky, but oh. I couldn't think of it. So namaste. <laughs> <laughs>